Welcome back to another episode of Black Tides, an organization dedicated to amplifying the voices of black professionals in tech, informatics, data science, epidemiology, and the social sciences. I'm your host, Odane Dunbar, an informatics epidemiologist who's passionate about driving change through analytics and automation. Welcome back to another episode of Black Tides. On this episode, I'll be interviewing Dr. S.K. Moreland. Um, Dr. S.K. Moreland has been doing a lot of interesting work in the community, and I think this is a great opportunity uh, to learn more about the work that she does. Um, so without further ado, Dr. Moreland. Hi, everyone. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and what wakes you up every day. Okay, so um, my background. So I started off, I got my my bachelor's degree in health informatics, um, and then an MBA in healthcare management in 2012 and 2014. Um, then I went and got my doctorate in health sciences and organizational leadership and behavior at A.T. Still University. And most of my experience has been in the health information space, um, the curator and the protector of information. So I'm mostly on the front end about making sure that we collect the um, accurate data and that it is complete and concise as possible. And so right now, um, I've started my business called HIM Concierge Services. And I basically have used all my years of experience in health information and healthcare. And I help um, new and existing HIM professionals navigate their career. Uh, for me, once I started and once I received my RHIA credential, which is, which is something that's very specific to health information, once I received that credential, I was just applying to any place that would take it without any regret to what I actually wanted to do. What wakes me up every day is just being able to take my experiences and develop something for other careers so they can have some, um, I guess, a, a, a plan as far as how they want to tackle their career. No, I love it. Um, I, I wish I had um, your services when, you know, I was starting out my career like five, 10 years ago. Um, the, my early sort of like history with, you know, health information is I remember when I had, uh, immigrated to the country around maybe 20 years ago and I had uh, visited the, the doctor and I remember they had, um, kind of like a manila folder for lack of a better term, and they would store all your information in there. And, you know, as I got older, I realized how, how one, how, uh, not secure <laughs> saving, um, proprietary information in the folder mm -hmm. uh, can be. Um, so this whole entire field of um, health information management and health informatics has been so um, intriguing to me and so interesting. Um, and that's kind of like where a lot of my passion comes for it, because like you said, like being able to work on the front end and see like the, the work that you're doing have a positive um, impact on the community is such a great feeling. I'm more on the back end side of things and sort of like what gets me going every day is I think like, hey, like it is my mission to make sure that, you know, whoever is making the decisions has the right information in front of them when they're making the decision at that specific time. Because I think when we look back at, you know, history and stuff like that, people are known for making decisions without enough research or without enough information in front of them to make an educated decision. Um, so that's what that's what I'm really passionate about. Um, I brought you on this podcast uh, today because it is 
Women's History Month. And I just wanted to take the time out to celebrate you as a woman and the work that you're doing. Um, with doing some research, I realized that uh, Women's History Month was has been observed since 1987. Um, maybe because I'm a millennial, I don't know, but I feel like it's it seems so recent to me. Why do you think that that is? Um, well, let me say that I'm a millennial also, <laughs> and uh, you know I feel the exact same way. And honestly, um, with Women's History Month, I did not know that it was a thing until recently, a couple of years ago. Uh, maybe it was because um, just being exposed to it, hearing about it more. You know, um, some facilities, some places don't necessarily talk about it like that. So I think it just really depends on where you're hearing the information that you're going to learn about it. So if you're working in a professional space, well, that's something that's celebrated. Of course, you're going to hear about it. But if you're not working in a space where they celebrate Women's History Month, it might not be something you hear about um, at all. But I really think that it's it's starting to become uh, more visible now because we are going to um, really appreciate having a diversified workforce and the contributions that everyone is making, um, not only to you know what we're doing professionally, but also personally and nationwide. So I think that that's the reason why now it's starting to get a lot of a lot of steam. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think you hit it on the nail. Where it just feels like this is the the the, the right moment to sort of like for these issues, a lot of issues because like you know. There's a lot of issues that's been around for so long, but I feel as if, you know, especially uh, myself is we were sort of like programmed to just like sweep things underneath the rug and, you know, mm -hmm. just keep things, you know, under, underneath the surface. And now we live in an era where it's like no, it's becoming more normalized to share uh, issues, no matter how difficult uh, it is to talk about. Um, and so, you know, that's where all of these come in. I think that I, I'm all I'm here for it. I'm here for Black History Month. I'm here for Women's History Month. Um, I think um, looking forward, um, what I will what I hope for is that it's not condensed into just a month. Like I want women to be celebrated all year round. Like I want it to be like ingrained in the fabric of society. Maybe I'm just wishfully thinking, but I feel like, especially with Black History Month, like it's in February. February is like the shortest month. And then before you know it, like it's March. And then like we forget that, hey, there are a lot of issues that are affecting uh, people of color. And then, you know, then then it's March and then it's Women's History Month. And we do all of these projects and, you know, share our insights. But then it's April. And it's like we forget um, a lot of times, you know, Basically, that energy that we had in March should also be had in April. I, I agree with that 100%. But you know what I will say is that although we are having these months, we are celebrating, you know, the different areas and diverse diversity and things of that nature and Black History Month and Women's History Month. Um, sometimes it feels like it's more performative than anything, you know, outside of recognizing and appreciating the value that we each bring, what are we doing to actually help to, to fix some of the issues that we see, right? So we have this whole month for Women's History Month, but yet we're still not paid, you know, the same amount as men. So on one hand, you can say that, yes, we're going to celebrate uh, women, but on the other hand, what are you doing to help even then things out, right? So what are we doing to, to actually uplift the woman? Let's not 
only take this time to um, celebrate, but let's take some time to actually listen to the issues and do something about it. So I think that um, I'll be more excited about Women's History Month if it moves towards that. You know, of course, appreciation is great. Um, but of course, I want you to do something with it. After this month, am I still going to be getting paid, you know, less than men? Then what's the point? <laughs> right. And, you know, keeping keeping that uh, thread going in, in terms of um, doing something about it, you are actively doing something about it. Um, through your um, organization that you founded, um, the Hymn Concierge, where you know you you're dedicating your time and your energy into, um, you know, like you like you had mentioned earlier in the podcast, really push hymn careers to the forefront. Why is it important for people to consider um, hymn careers, and why is it even as important, if not more important, for women to be choosing these type of fields? Sure. So for those that are not aware of what HIM is, it's health information um, management. And I think that it's important for me to shine a light on these careers because um, it is a lot of opportunity there. I know that when I started off in my, my career, I had no idea what health information was at all. So I was working as a unit clerk for a well-known hospital here in Dallas, Texas. And I was looking at um, one of the monthly newsletters that we had. So while I was looking at the monthly newsletter, there was a, a, I guess, the leadership within the hospital, the different leaders, directors, and things like that. And so there was this one person in particular that stood out. And it's because she was a Black woman and she was one of the few there. I looked at her picture and I was like, you know, I don't know what this woman does. I don't know who she is, but I'm drawn to her and I want to be just like her. So I reached out to her like via cold email and, you know, just told her this whole long story about who I was and what I wanted to do. And then she kind of gave me her background, told me more about what she did in her department. And then after that conversation, that is what led me to go and pursue my bachelor's in health informatics. And from there, you know, the rest it's, just, it's kind of, it's, it's history. But since I've been in the field and I've seen not only the money that can be made, you know, because honestly, at the end of the day, we all just want to pay our bills and live life the way that we want to, you know, we want to live it. Uh, but not only is it an opportunity for us to be able to be paid handsomely for the knowledge and expertise that we bring to the field, um, but we're also able to make a difference. Um, I think that, um, you know, in an affecting patients' lives, how we capture data, how we protect patient data, um, how we interpret it and use those outcomes uh, from the clinical data to influence the type of care that patients receive. All of that's really important. And so I want to be able to push that out to um, not just women, but, you know, all of us, um, that there are opportunities within this field uh, that doesn't require us to go and pursue, you know, doctorate degree if you don't want to. Um, but it's an opportunity for you to do something different and still be in healthcare and not touch the patient. Because I know for me, I did not want to do anything concerning nursing or being a physician or anything more power to them, you know, no shade or anything like that. But I really wanted to be the person behind the scenes that was kind of helping to, um, to help kind of drive how things are done without actually having to have my hands on the patient. 
I just think that it's more information that needs to be out there so that people can know what their options are and to know that it's more than just, I guess, housing records. Because most of the time when people think about health information, they think about charts and that's it. Or they think about the reimbursement side when they're looking at coding. But of course, there's so many different things that you can do with an HIM outside of those two things. There's information governance where you look at um, the guidance from CMS and the Office of uh, Attorney General about how we uh, pursue pursue care, making sure that we're within the, the guidelines. You have um, data analytics, you know, of course, how can we use the data that we have to improve patient outcomes? We have health informatics. How can we make sure that um, when patients go in to look at their medical records, that it's secure, that it's safe, and that it's not breached or anything like that? So there's a lot more to HIM than just records. So I'm just here to spread that awareness so we know what options that we have. I, I love HIM. Like uh, whenever someone comes to me for career advice, maybe I'm biased, but I'm just like, oh, just, just do informatics. It's great. Yeah. You'll love it. <laughs> um, I remember yeah. um, I had to do some volunteering hours um, maybe like 10 years ago uh, in order to graduate high school. And I volunteered at, um, es- essentially it was like a group home. I was, so I was volunteering there and I never realized how afraid I was of patients. It's like when, when I look at them as just people, it's like, I'm fine. But the moment mm-hmm. I look at them as patients, it's like, I get nervous. Oh, what if, what if I, what if they fall and I'm responsible? Like, like, I, so I would be, um, I was young. So I was responsible for like pushing them in the wheelchair making sure they mm-hmm. go to like, um, to the cafeteria and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, what if, if they fall out the wheelchair, it's going to be on me. And I, I was just a nervous wreck. So long story short, at a very early age, I realized that, uh, direct patient contact wasn't my calling, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't give up on the field. And I realized the plethora of opportunities that like you mentioned is out there. Um, yesterday I was, um, yesterday I was watching a Netflix, um, a new trend in Netflix uh, series uh, where essentially this guy, um, Tyler Henry, he's a medium and he's responsible for helping uh, bring closure to a lot of people um, in terms of connecting with a loved one or someone that has passed on. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is I always felt like, you know, growing up, I, I used to call it like a photographic memory. Like if you showed me a map, like I can look, look at the map for a little bit of time and I can place it things where they need to go. It's like, I can see it. Um, And so the reason why I bring that up is if you had to give any advice to your younger self based on what you've seen now, um, what advice would you give to your younger self? How young are we talking? (laughs) Five years ago or, you know, like growing up childhood, like how young are we talking? you, You can pick whichever age comes to mind you know maybe us maybe it was a turning point whether 18 23 uh whatever comes to mind hmm, that is a good question what advice would i give to my younger self i think that it would be um not hide myself so much um i've always kind of been in situations or in rooms or uh in crowds or places where i just kind of stood out for one reason or another. And because of that, I kind of just tried to find ways to fit in 
as much as possible. So I wouldn't stand out because I didn't want all the attention on me. Right. So when you get all the attention on you, you make a mistake. And then it's like everybody's looking at you. Right. Um, But I've come to this point now professionally, which is why I'm so excited about what I'm doing with my business is really just being able to say, you know, regardless of what I do, I'm always going to stand out. Even if I try to fit in, I'm still going to stand out. So I would say to my younger self to embrace my, my uniqueness and to own it, you know, and to not, to not blind others to it and to just let it, you know, let it be what it is. Well, yeah, no, that, that definitely spoke, spoke volumes to me. I think if I had to give my younger self advice, I would say, um, just follow through and mm. follow through comes to mind when I, whenever I think, cause I grew up playing basketball and not professionally or anything. I, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty terrible <laughs> when it comes to it. Um, but you know, S- Steph Curry has this quote where he says like shooters is going to shoot. And one thing I noticed is when, she- when Steph Curry, uh, shoots is he doesn't like bring his hand down immediately he'll mm-hmm. release the ball and he holds it in that position and that's what they re- refer to that as following through with your shot mm-hmm. um and so the reason why i chose that as an advice is because everything is going to work out you know mm-hmm. and i never saw that you know five ten years ago but by following through by not by you know by not bringing my hands down too too soon or throwing in the towel you know things things happen and you make shots that you never thought you could make um, so yeah just just follow through um yeah dr morland it's been a pleasure having this conversation with you today um i'm hoping that the audience gets a lot out of it and i'm hoping i can bring you back on another episode for another topic please do i would love that i've enjoyed this conversation 